on this episode of What on Earth Can We Do? I face an intervention with my shopping addiction, Gregory confronts his daddy issues, and we dive deep into reduce, reuse, recycle. Gregory. Yes. Let's talk about the three R's today. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Yes. Good job. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> you know what? I, I have to be honest. I've known reduce, reuse, recycle since I was 10 years old mm-hmm. and have been trying to apply them in my life since then at yeah. varying levels of success. Yeah. So today we're going to learn about those three R's again. Let's say a little adult twist to those three R's. But not in a sexy way, in a grown up way. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and uh, like every uh, everyday things that we can do to help that environmental impact. So I will start with a little story for you. I can't wait. Ready? Okay. So every year, my husband Barrett and I, we get a, one of those big U-Haul cube trucks and we always do a haul to the landfill every year. It's kind of like spring cleaning, but we go straight to the landfill. And I remember when I started doing that a few years ago, I felt really good about it because I thought it was just immediately sorted because the landfill is actually a very organized place. And I just assumed that once you bring it there, it's just, it all gets sorted and recycled and yada, yada, yada. I have recently found out that that is actually not the case. And that was before we did our spring cleaning. So then when we went and dumped everything out, I was very mindful and had this kind of icky feeling throwing some of this stuff into the landfill. So I want to change that. You know what? I don't think that you're alone in that uh, sending to the landfill thing. I think something else that we've talked a little bit outside of uh, the podcast itself, but we have both sort of admitted that we are not probably the best recyclers. My partner and I definitely throw everything in the blue bag and hope for the best. We are exactly the same. Everything goes in that (laughs) blue bag. And something is just telling me that that's probably not great. Yes. And we (laughs) want to change that. We want to change that. So today, reduce, reuse, recycle. Here we go. Here are the facts. So this information is taken directly off the government of Alberta's roadmap called Too Good to Waste, Making Conservation a Priority. I highly recommend you go onto the government website and check it out. There's some really great material in here. So at least 80% of material currently sent to municipal landfills can be recovered, which is insane. One ton of municipal garbage takes up 1.5 to 2.5 cubic meters of space in a landfill. So that's a lot of space. Waste generated in Alberta can be grouped into five broad waste sectors. Municipal solid waste, hazardous waste, oil field waste, forestry residuals, and agriculture residuals. So today in the podcast studio, we have three Emerald Award recipients with us uh, who are, they're going to be sharing their knowledge with us about reduce, reuse, and recycle, the three R's. So uh, today, uh, please welcome uh, Kristen Arnott from the Edmonton Reuse Center, Leon Cassian from College Hunks Hauling and Moving, and Mortimer Capriles, who is a two-time Emerald Award recipient, his most recent being with Goodwill Impact Center in Edmonton. Welcome. Thank you. Super uh, excited to be here. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> so for our listeners, I, let's just explore uh, what you're doing in, in your world. So 
Kristen, let's start with oh you. Tell goodness, us about okay. tell us about the Reuse Center and what they do. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so the Reuse Center is about twelve years old now. Um, the, I'll give you a little bit of history actually to help you understand exactly what we are. So back in the nineteen nineties, we had a group of master composter recyclers. Um, just sitting around a table one night actually and they were talking about how they were so frustrated with things that are, are reusable that just aren't being reused and they're just going straight to the landfill. And so they thought, what can we do to um, avoid this really? And they came up with a really, really simple concept and it makes so much sense is just to collect items at your house that uh, nowhere will accept for reuse. So typical household items that you would see um, on a day-to-day -day basis like egg cartons, milk jug lids, uh, you know, you get a pack of paper and you only use a little bit of it, um, crayons that are halfway down, like these silly little things that you kind of take for granted putting in the garbage, it's potentially reusable. So they came up with the idea of a, at the time it was called a garbage fair, that doesn't sound really appealing, so <laughs> we changed the name to Reuse Fair. Mm -hmm. And essentially what it is, is it's a one day community event where people can uh, bring those types of household items to the event and then it gets spread out into the community to people who need those kind of items. Uh, that, those events were so successful through the years that then they basically uh, came up with the concept, the city came up with the concept um, of having something called the Reuse Center, which is essentially a reuse fair, but on a day-to-day -day basis. And so the Reuse Center was opened in 2007. And um, yeah, basically what we do is we, we encourage people to collect those types of items at their house. We have a list of about 300 items that people can collect and they bring it into us and we sort through those items, we categorize them, we make them available in our store for a very cheap price. So it's all based on weight. You can get up to 25 kilograms worth of stuff for, for five bucks. Um, so really the, the, the concept of it, the, the building blocks of our foundation is really that we're there to divert waste from landfill first and foremost. Uh, but we're also there to educate just the public on the um, importance of reuse and how people can incorporate reuse into their daily lives. Uh, in order to do that, though, we also want to make things very affordable, which is why we have the pricing system that we do. Yeah, thank you, Kristen. And Leon, so this past year you won our small business category uh, award at the Emeralds for College Hunks Hauling and Moving and your unique approach to uh, what happens with furniture when people are sending it away. So tell us a little bit about that. Right. Uh, well, call it Chunks Hauling Junk and Moving. Uh, it is a franchise and we are the first one here in Canada. When we brought it here just, just over three years ago, uh, the first thing I did was just check out how are we going to do this and uh, the recycling method has always been a big deal to myself. So we immediately went to Goodwill to Habitat for Humanity to see what are we going to do with all these items that we collect and pick up from people. The landfill was not an option. It's very expensive. It's terrible for the environment. So what we've managed to do in such a short period of time is everything that we pick up and get from people, we actually bring it back to our warehouse. We sort through everything. And we've got a method that we have things divvied up for goodwill. Uh, Habitat will take different things, so we've got that figured out. And anything else we can recycle, uh, we do so. Just for example, I think we're up to 900 mattresses now this past year that have been deferred from the landfill. And those mattresses are getting turned into insulation products and the metals recycled and so on and so forth. So with that, we have our fun approach, which of course is the hunks which stands for Honest, Uniformed, Nice, Knowledgeable Service. But we have a lot of fun with that, obviously. 
Now, something unique about your business as well is that this approach, uh, because it is a franchise, this approach that you've taken is actually unique to your business, right. and it's the only one in Canada. Correct. Right. Yeah. Out of the, I think there's 110 franchises now, so 109 in the States and one here. We are the only ones out of every location that has such a unique relationship with Goodwill. We are right at their facility, allowing us to have a great river of flow of items getting donated to help Goodwill with their mission of finding Albertans with disabilities, find meaningful employment. So we're the only franchise to do that. And the level of recycling that we have achieved, it's, it's second to none to any other franchise. I'll go to say we're the envy of the, of the whole uh, Hunks organization right now. Uh, now you brought up Goodwill, so I think that that's a perfect segue to our <laughs> other guest, uh, Mortimer, who uh, we've known about you for a long time, and you're actually quite involved with the Alberta Emerald Foundation on our board. Uh, but let's explore your work at Goodwill. Um, so I'm in charge of two portfolios in Goodwill. Sustainability is one, and the other one is the amazing Goodwill Impact Center. Is amazing part of the title, or is this something that you've added? <laughs> it is me. Yeah, <laughs> but it is amazing. Because that was my first impression. When I went yeah. to the job interview, I say, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. And visiting that building was one of the reasons why I, I moved to Edmonton. I, I began working for Goodwill. So the amazing Goodwill Impact Center is an amazing concept because it's uh, way more than a warehouse. It's a space dedicated to sustainability and it's a place where we divert from the landfill while providing employment opportunities for Albertans with disabilities. So every time someone donates something to Goodwill and it doesn't sell in the retail store, at the amazing Impact Center we're going to find a way to recycle that item and the more we recycle, more employment opportunities for Albertans with disabilities, which in my opinion is a really powerful concept. Also, the Impact Center is not just about um, recycling and reusing or repurposing, it's also about making a positive impact in the community. The Impact Center, a little bit of uh, history, was opened in 2017. Since then, has been growing so much. Uh, because like I said, we have a sustainability action plan and we're working really hard uh, because we have this crazy goal of becoming a zero waste organization by 2021. So we need to divert at least 90% from the landfill. And we are there now, uh, which is great. I'm really happy of being here with uh, College Hongs and Reuse mm -hmm. because we work with them as lo a lot. I love the Reuse Center. Um, it's a great concept. And, and we love Goodwill. <laughs> <laughs> and College Hongs, we have a partnership with College Hongs since like two years now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's great to be with them here, right? Because it's all about reusing, recycling. Great. So I think that before we dive into the deep stuff, for those out there who are listening who are probably just beginners to this, let's just define uh, reduce, reuse, recycle. What was mm -hmm. interesting to me was that that's the order that we're actually supposed to be going in regards to our, I, would we say waste management? Or like the hierarchy? Uh, yeah, the hierarchy, the of, hierarchy that we should start by reducing, that we should reuse, and then we should recycle. So what... Uh, I think reduce makes sense, but what are some examples of how people could be reducing? Um, I think that um, 
one thing that just pops to my mind from from when I did public education is just like buying bulk, making smarter decisions when you're actually first and foremost being a consumer. So it's not necessarily after you've made that decision, what are you, how are you going to dispose of it? It's actually making those con- conscious de- decisions. So, for example, if you're choosing between the little packages of yogurt, um, where you get six and six or twelve in a pack or whatever it is, versus a big container of yogurt and maybe putting it in a reusable container, um, you're going to get more plastic. You're going to get plastic waste no matter what, but you're going to get more plastic waste with one of those options. So it's it's really um, in the mindset of people, I think, when it comes to reducing and before it even gets to the household, before it even gets to your bag at the checkout. Hmm. And how about some examples of reusing? Reusing well. Goodwill is all about reusing, right? The items we get donated, uh, we sell them in the community so they can get reused by someone else. Um, the idea is to expand the lifespan of those items, right? And that's really important. And that's why shopping secondhand makes so, sh- so much sense right now. To make a, a T-shirt, it takes 2,500 liters of water. So when you go uh, to any of the Goodwill stores and you buy a secondhand shirt, you are saving 2,500 liters of water. Um, it takes a lot of raw materials to make a pair of jeans, to make a pair of shoes. And so shopping secondhand not only makes a positive impact on the environment, but also makes a positive impact in the community because you're supporting uh, Albertans with disabilities to find meaningful employment. Mm-hmm. And the one that sort of triggered our conversation today, recycling. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's become a controversial statement. What is recycling? Uh, and Leon, I feel like, if you want to answer this one, what are some examples of recycling? Well, I mean, the obvious uh, for most people is is plastics. Um, but with plastics, too, um, there are varying levels and different types of plastics. So uh, most are recyclable, but still some are not. You know, for example, a plastic bottle has its one life uh, Mortimer can expand on it, um, but then it has, you know, it can only be transformed so many times and then that's it. But there's a big mi- misconception with people that they can just take everything and throw it into one thing and it goes somewhere and some magically thing warms it up or chops it up then it all just goes to one spot and, and something's recreated. When in fact, that stuff even needs to be further separated uh, into its own individual element so it can be used for something else. And so that's one thing where it actually does matter that people do take that effort and separate things out at home and make an attempt to get them to the right spot. They don't have to be perfect. Not everybody knows the rules change all the time. But if at least people are aware and they pause and think, you know, maybe I should put this over here, maybe I should put that there and let's see where this goes, I think that's a really good start. Just to alter the thinking on that. So as a person who is throwing everything into the same bag, assuming it gets recycled, what can we do differently that's going to help the impact of our environment? I I would start off by saying um, just educate yourself. 
educate yourself on what what the streams actually mean and what the best place is for them but not only the the streams of uh, collection that are getting picked up from your home but also um, when we talk about reuse we talk about so many different aspects of reuse so I mean we have three guest speakers here today and we all do something very different in that world um, and we're just a little portion of it so there's lots of other options there for you and maybe some of those options for reuse are just to reuse those items for your own self not necessarily to even donate it somewhere or send it somewhere but try and figure out some way for you to reuse that item whether it be fixing it um, taking it somewhere to be fixed uh, or or utilizing a place like you know the Reuse Center or Goodwill or, or College Hunks. I think the main issue right now is like people they want to recycle but like Kristen said they don't check online first and the city of Edmonton has a great app where you can check what can actually be recycled and also, I think there is a huge mess right now. And the mess like, you need to prioritize and you need to reuse first. That has to be the priority. If you have a TV that is in working condition, that TV shouldn't go for recycling. That TV should be donated to Goodwill in this case, right? Because I'm talking about Goodwill. But what I've seen a lot is like a lot of items in good shape, they are taken to be recycled. And that's a huge waste of resources. So if we prioritize reuse, we're going to make more items at an affordable rate available for the community. And by the way, there is a misconception about recycling. Recycling is awesome when properly done. When done in, a, in the proper way, is great. So I think it's just about improving, right, the awareness in the community and promoting reuse first, and then like the last resource, recycling. Uh, so I have this conversation with my dad a lot. I, yeah, let's just talk about dads for a second, but, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, we should. <laughs> so he, uh, he recently brought up, well, what's the big deal? It's all going to go to the landfill anyway. And reduce, reuse, recycle is all about diverting from the landfill. So for my dad and anyone out there who is thinking that, you know, that's totally fine. Your dad needs to come to the amazing impact center. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone needs to go to the amazing impact center. We've been there. It is amazing. <laughs> yeah. I, I find this whole um, topic very intriguing about how, you know, your dad thinks that way and you get this, this customer response about that. And then we have people that are dedicating their lives to making sure that they, that they reuse and recycle. And I, I sometimes wonder, like, why, why is there such a range out there um, w within the community? And I know, Gregory, you've heard me talk about this before, and I just want to touch on it briefly is... Um, an example of that is like we see a lot coming through the reuse center people that have gone through you know the Great Depression so that's one experience that they've gone through in their life that's affected their values on reuse so you think back to then and they uh, they didn't have a choice they had to reuse and then we started to get into this era where people start to be able to have a choice because the economy picked up people started getting money and as they had that choice they were actually choosing to be very wasteful um, and you know the, the environment wasn't such a factor when it came to reuse but now I feel like we're hitting this era where um, people have, we have a choice to reuse and we're choosing to reuse because we are more concerned about the environment. So I do, I do see a lot of improvements with it being in the conscious mind of people to actually incorporate that into their life. Um, you know, maybe eventually, like as we're getting that word out and that, that passion sparks, that that will be ingrained in people's values going into the future. Mm -hmm. It just takes time. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's interesting that you bring up that opposing view because I, just speaking from my own personal life, I'm so somebody who's really trying to take into consideration um, my purchasing really. It was really impacted by going to the back room at mm -hmm. the Amazing Goodwill Impact Center <laughs> and just seeing mm -hmm. all of this stuff. 
Um, that was sort of like the catalyst for me. While there seems to be this movement towards this understanding about reuse, um, and it, I think you're right, Mortimer, when you say that it's definitely part of uh, the millennial uh, generation that's accepting this, you go to the mall and all you see is fast fashion, fast furniture, um, stores that sell nothing but plastic, and it can be very disheartening because mm-hmm. uh, you yourself, you're trying to make these efforts, mm-hmm. but outside everything is just becoming so much easier to be consumable. So what would you say to somebody like me who's standing in the middle of West Edmonton Mall going, what's the point anymore? I'm one person. How is this going to make a difference? I have seen a huge difference lately. I've been talking to a lot of customers at the at the Impact Center, and a lot of them are students from U of A, McEwen, and when I ask them, why are you shopping here and not in a mall, right? One of the most common answers, I'm buying secondhand because I want to do something good for the environment. And then the second most common response is, it's affordable. It's cheaper than buying something new, uh, but a lot of people, um, they just want to make something good for the environment. They want to reduce their environmental, environmental footprint. So I do have hope, despite of like uh, the fast fashion trend and all the plastic production that you can see all around the place, there is a movement uh, in Edmonton and a big one of people really concerned for the environment. Mm. And yeah. I think I think you guys are hitting it right on the nose where it's just about education. Because yes. even in the short time that I've, you know, I've been to the Impact Center and you gave me a tour, Mortimer, and this past year we were thinking of getting a brand new Christmas tree and just seeing even in the warehouse all of the fake Christmas trees that you guys have we're keeping ours for one more year and then I think I will get a new one from the impact center so it's 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 one of those things I think once you're you kind of your eyes open up to what's happening and what maybe little mini steps that you could do if everybody takes those little mini steps then if I can just quickly add on to that, Gregory, because your question was, what would you say to you, you know, when you're going through a grocery store or in the mall and, and there's all this waste and you think, what's the point? Why should I? And my response to that would be, be the change. Because uh, a lot of the times in waste, what we see is that a lot of people don't change their behavior until they see other people doing it. Our grass cycling campaign, we notice that certain neighborhoods uh, will start to grass cycle because their neighbors have signs on their lawns showing that they're grass cycling. Oh, well, I better do that too. Same thing, that's why recycling picked up so quickly. Everybody else was doing it, right? So be the change. Nothing's ever going to get done until those people that are frustrated start making that change within their own life. Mm. And it's just going to spread to eventually uh, make a positive impact. Thank you. Um, So I think it would be important to actually dive into some of the programs that Goodwill does, because what I learned through my experience with you is that Goodwill is is an opportunity for somebody to recycle uh, and make sure that their items are being recycled in a way that um, there's more of a guarantee to it. Uh, One of the examples that definitely stood out for me from my tour uh, was when you showed me all the stuffed animals that were being brought in for Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the realization that there's all of these plushies out there that people are getting for that millisecond of I love you, and then they just sort of sit there and never go anywhere. And what you shared to me was that uh, Goodwill actually uses those uh, to create insulation in homes in India. And I thought, yes. oh my God, that's amazing. Um, so tell us a little bit more about uh, some other examples. Um, the most recent one, and 
one that is really uh, cool to me is the one regarding plastics. Before, all the plastics that we, we used to get, they were going to the landfill. Because of all the situation with China, the recycling of plastic got like really hard. Um, so we forged a partnership with a, a company from Ledbridge, Alberta. And what we're doing right now, we got a plastic granulator at the Impact Center. We forged a partnership with full circle plastics in Ledbridge. And now all the plastics we get, the most common ones are like uh, plastic hangers and food containers. We're getting them, we're granulating them, and we're transforming them into plastic flakes. The big ones, we're bailing them, and then uh, all that plastic is going to Ledbridge. And recently, uh, with the support from ATV, we got 16 plastic benches made out of recycled plastics collected and sorted at the impact center. So there you have the, the full circle of the recycling, recycling and reuse, because those items, they were donated, uh, they didn't find a home in the retail stores, then they didn't find a home in the outer store by weight. Now they went for recycling, and these plastics are being recycled in Alberta. They are not living in the province, and these plastics are creating employment opportunities at the amazing Impact Center in Edmonton, but also in Ledbridge. So when I talk about recycling and the importance of recycling, it's not just, just about the environment, it's also about creating employment opportunities. Great. And Leon, can you share some of the examples? Uh, you have relationships with Goodwill and also Habitat. Uh, tell us a bit about those relationships and what happens there. Okay, so again, quite simply, if we go do a we go do a pickup, let's say it's a an estate cleanout, for example. Um, Gregory's dad house. Like, yeah, yeah <laughs> Gregory's dad house. Where <laughs> <laughs> they're overwhelmed and, and that type of thing. So when they go to someone's home and they do a walkthrough and take a look around, uh, they can actually help that individual uh, and educate them and just say, okay, this is what's going to happen with this and that and, and with this as well. Uh, so we sort those out for them. And just, uh, for example, Habitat for Humanity, they take nails and screws and old light fixtures and that old door. And we've gotten very good at sorting out exactly what they will come and take. Um, so we've got this method. method. There's, there's a few challenges that, that we are working on, a couple of things, if you know, wish lists as we call them. Um, but again, we are, we are the only um, business here that is doing all this extra work to, to avoid all the landfill. Can you give us some like, ideas of what we can reuse? Quick tips. Some quick tips? Okay, so um, I, I, first of all, just because I work there does not mean I'm creative. <laughs> I mean, I, I usually see all my ideas and stuff off Pinterest or the things that the people there make. Um, but uh, it, it's actually, I just want to say, like when I first started working there, I, I walked through the aisles before I started my shift and I thought, my gosh, who's ever going to buy this stuff? And the staff there just said, just watch, just watch. And a lot of the carts I was taking out at the time were just, um, they were taken within an hour or two. Um, so it goes really, really quickly because of the diverse people that go through there, you know, the artists, the people that actually have that mindset to make something new. But I don't, I don't want to, I don't like to focus on the artsy and crafty part of the center because a lot of people, um, not a lot, but people, tend to think, well, I'm not creative, so I'm not going to go to the reuse center. And so what I want people to know is that we do have practical purposes for a lot of things we get in there. We have sewing supplies, uh, we have school supplies, we have, we do have books, you know, we have candle holders, things like that. So, 
you don't have to be a creative person to frequent it, but there's also two sides to the center as well. There's the purchasing side uh, for those people who want to incorporate it that way, but the, the biggest part, the only reason why we're even in existence is because of the donation side of things. So even if you're not a crafty person or even if you don't want to utilize these, these items in the store, then take the time to um, utilize our services and just donate to us because then those artists out there and the teachers out there and the low-income families are going to utilize those supplies by coming in and and getting things at a really cheap rate so mm -hmm. and it's super easy to do you just look at our list get to learn what we have um, put it in a box and you can bring it to us or an eco station in the city but it's I mean this is specific to Edmonton of course but many municipalities uh, can do this it's a, such a simple concept and uh, I mean we started off very small it doesn't have to start off as big as we do we don't we divert over 27 tons a month uh, considering the weight of our of our items right now that's quite substantial when you think about you know the egg cartons and the tissue paper and gift bags and all that stuff packing peanuts uh, that that stuff doesn't weigh a lot so 27 tons is it's a significant difference in the community yeah and buyer picture frames from reuse yes after. picture yeah. frames <laughs> yeah, they're great. They're and there are lots of people upcycle New picture, picture frames yeah, yeah. picture frames are expensive yeah. Yeah. i have a on my wall actually i used a picture frame to make a jewelry holder yeah so lots of ideas Perfect. out there and I, I think i just i just want to add in that um and i know this sounds cliche but um small changes make a big impact so uh, for example, the reuse center, our diversion, 27 tons a month, yes, it's, it is significant, but when, when we're looking at the grand scheme of things within waste, the biggest significance that we have is actually just being present in the community and encouraging people to reuse and just get that mindset that reuse actually is important. Mm -hmm. If people don't actually consciously think about reuse, it's not really incorporated into our daily lives. Mm. Garbage and recycle is. Um, but reuse is something that you actually have to, you have to be exposed to it. And so by having all of these places around and by seeing other uh, people incorporate reuse, then, then that's, that starts the wildfire, right? So it's, it's a long process, but uh, we're going to get there eventually. If you remember, some behaviors many years ago were socially acceptable. That's what you did. But then over the years, they became socially unacceptable. So if we can keep the younger people changing that mindset where it becomes socially unacceptable to go to the landfill, they will in turn put pressure on their peers. They will in turn put pressure on their parents. And all of a sudden, things start to change. Well, thanks so much. I, this was a really exciting it conversation. Was very... It went from recycling and reusing to... I feel thank... like we got really deep. We did. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for sharing all of your knowledge with us. Yeah. You're very welcome. Thanks very for having welcome. us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well. Yeah, so we learned a lot today. That was a doozy. It makes me think about how I'm operating as a consumer. Yeah. Yeah. That was my biggest takeaway, too. It's just to give whatever you're going to purchase a little more thought. Yeah. Or whatever you're going to throw away. Absolutely. Um, I, I think reduce, reuse, recycle, it really comes down to diverting from the landfill. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's essentially giving uh, options other than sending it to the landfill. Mm -hmm. The more that we as consumers start making those decisions, uh, the more I think that those businesses will have to listen. And I think that mm -hmm. we need to acknowledge that we have a lot of power in the, in the purchases that we make. Yep, that's what I'm taking away from this. Yeah. For sure. So what on earth are you going to do, Colleen? Uh, okay, top three things. Top three things. I'm going to think before 
throwing something away. I don't want to make it a big thing, but just educate myself on what other options I can do when throwing something away. And then the second is to just be a, and we've talked about this previously, is just be an informed consumer. And then third, I am going to download that City of Edmonton app and finally get my recycling in order. <laughs> I'm going to say that your number three is probably my number one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I really don't want to be the problem anymore. I want to be the solution. And Same. I think that it's it's a little bit of extra work, but probably not as hard or as difficult as I as I think it is. I think that it's yeah. honestly just that one more step. For me, I, I think that I've already started on this path towards reducing in my own life. Mm-hmm. I was very excited this past weekend because I went shopping with a reusable bag for the first time and I felt so awesome and yeah. uh, not judged at all. I was walking around with uh, my fabric uh, reusable bag and every purchase that I made just went in that. And, I didn't come home with a ton of plastic bags, finally, which was great. That's great. Small steps, right? Like, that's great. And uh, Emma, my coworker here at the Alberta Emerald Foundation, uh, we have reusable cups that we take to every uh, every time that we go to a coffee shop. And that is awesome, too, because all of a sudden I'm not throwing anything away. And so I I feel like those have been really impactful in my life and a habit that I just had to form. Mm And then I'm going to say that the third one... I really need to take into account what I am buying. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I'm definitely somebody who buys things that I don't necessarily need. Mm-hmm. Uh, but well, we're all you're not you're not alone. Yeah, there. just uh, trying to figure out the way to to change my consumerism. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, better waste management at home, continuing to reduce my waste, and uh, being a more conscious consumer. Yeah, I think those are three really good things. Thanks, to start Colleen. With. Awesome. The What on Earth Can We Do podcast is presented by the Alberta Emerald Foundation and features Emerald Awards recipients. Learn more about our guests' inspiring work through the Emerald documentary series available on our website, emeraldfoundation.ca. And if you enjoyed What on Earth Can We Do, please make sure to subscribe and stay up to date with us on Instagram and Twitter at whatonearth underscore pod. Know an Albertan eco-hero who is raising the bar in environmental excellence? Nominate them for an Emerald Award. Nominations are open annually from November 1st until mid-February on our website. We would like to thank the Edmonton Community Foundation for their support in bringing this podcast to life. We would also like to thank our Emerald Award sponsors, ABCRC, the Alberta Real Estate Foundation, City of Calgary, City of Edmonton, Government of Alberta, and Syncrude Canada Limited for their ongoing support. Next time on What on Earth Can We Do, we explore the electrifying subject that is renewable energy.